Silicon Valley Bank has gone under. What is next for Silicon Valley Bank and what should you do? And also, I'm going to talk about moving forward step by step. Enjoy. Welcome to the Age of Jeremy. My name is Jeremy Quintanilla. I will be your host for this podcast as always because it's my podcast. Uh, If you're brand new to the show, uh, I am the CEO of a company called Age of Radio. Go check us out at ageofradio.com. You can also join our community by going to Facebook and joining the Addicted to Podcasting Facebook group. And from there, you can get access to our Discord into that group. You can be an audience member. You can be a content creator and advertise your stuff. But essentially, it's a place where people can come together and um, where content creators and their listeners can come together to engage. And the same goes for inside of our Discord. If you don't know what Age of Radio is, we are what I'm aware of is the only free to join podcast network where we provide free podcast hosting. Um, you are required to put some ads inside of your podcast. Uh, and we were we we're also working on creating more ways to encourage content creators and to empower content creators because that is our mission. I'm also the CEFO, CFO of a company called 3T Warrior Academy. You can go check it out, 3TWarriorAcademy.com, or go check out our YouTube channel, 3T Warrior Academy, or our other YouTube channel where I am on, 3T Behind the Lens. We have over 118,000 subscribers there with my business partner, Coach JV. Um, you can check him out at CoachJV underscore wherever you get your social media stuff. And you can check me out at uh, Age of Jeremy, wherever you um, get your social media as well. Um, and make sure that you like and subscribe to this podcast so you can get it whenever we release a new episode. And also so we can push it up um, on the, um, I guess, the podcatchers. So leave a review. That would be fantastic as well. Thank you so much. So let's kind of get started into today's episode. So over the weekend, Silicon Valley Bank uh, went into receivership. This is from ABC7, and this is a little bit of what happened. The collapse of Silicon Valley Bank is causing shockwaves across the entire business world. With the FDIC now in control, customers can access up to $250,000 on Monday. But as ABC's Jacqueline Lee explains, that's not enough for many companies left struggling to manage their finances. Silicon Valley Bank, the nation's 16th largest bank, was shut down by the FDIC on Friday after depositors hurried to withdraw money amid concerns over the bank's health. All our money is in the bank. I don't know how we're going to do our payroll. Not well known outside Silicon Valley, the bank's customers are largely in the tech and venture capital space with branches in California and Massachusetts. The bank did business with companies like Shopify, ZipRecruiter, and Pinterest. In an SEC filing, a streaming provider Roku said it had $487 million, or 26% of its cash reserves with the bank. The company saying their deposits were largely uninsured. Adrian Mendoza runs a venture capital firm in Boston. Dollars were being pulled faster than the bank actually had. According to the FDIC, Silicon Valley Bank had approximately $209 billion in assets and $175 billion in deposits at the end of last year. 
The bank's collapse rattled financial markets. The Dow Jones finishing the week down more than 300 points. When banks experience financial losses, it is and should be a matter of concern. The FDIC, along with the Treasury Department, say they have a process to deal with bank failures like this, insisting the banking system has been shored up since the financial crisis 15 years ago. They have very good risk management since the financial crisis because of changes brought after the crisis. So I, I think the banking system is probably as strong as it's ever been. And it's important to know the FDIC is insured up to $250,000 per depositor. The FDIC announcing all insured depositors will receive their money no later than Monday. Jacqueline Lee, ABC News, New York. Jacqueline, thank you. And Governor Newsom issuing a statement today saying he's been in touch with the White House and Treasury on this writing, everyone is working with FDIC to stabilize the situation as quickly as possible to protect jobs, people's livelihoods, and the entire innovation ecosystem that has served as a tentpole for our economy. So uh, some of the other things that happened to cause this um, problem was the fact that it did a lot of lending to startups or tech startups. And a lot of the times tech startups, especially when they go public, are overvalued. Um, it's just the thing that's kind of happened since two, the early 2000s or have always happened with tech startups. But essentially, uh, when you are getting a commercial loan, a lot of the time their interest, uh, their interest only payments, and then you have to refinance that debt. When you refinance that debt, if the new interest rate is higher, like in this situation that we're in right now, which is going to continue to happen, especially if the Fed wants to push us into a recession to cool off inflation, then a lot of these companies aren't going to make those payments. Similar type of concept happened with adjustable rate mortgages in the, the Great Recession, where the people had really low interest rates. Those interest rates got re you know, evaluated obviously as an adjustable rate mortgage would. And then the payment got so high that they couldn't afford those house payments because everybody thinks everything's always going to go so good, which is a, a human condition, a human problem that we have because we don't see things for what they really are. Um, and that's not a bad thing or a good thing. It's just a factual thing. Um, I guess it might be a bad thing, but I'm not judging anybody and we shouldn't judge anybody because that's just kind of how we as humans see things, especially when we're trying to be optimistic and we believe that our optimism can continue. But at some point, optimism isn't a factual basis. And when it's not based on factual things, sometimes those facts catch up and things start to happen such as this. So will this be the first bank that fails? Probably not. The other thing is banks actually fail a lot more often than we think. However, some they're not sometimes they're smaller than this. This was the 16th largest bank, I believe, if I'm not mistaken. Don't quote me on that. But essentially these things can kind of these things happened a lot and it sucks because what's going to happen is if these companies don't get or if this company and the companies that were linked to this bank don't get the help that they need, then people aren't going to get paid and this is going to push us further into the recession. Now, is this by some great design? Well, that's it for you to decide. Um, my personal opinion is that I don't think anything's by any type of design because I think that gives too much credit to people, but that's my personal opinion. Um, I think that I, I think some things can be by design, um, but the truth is I don't know. So I am not going to speculate on things that I don't know. Um, and so, so my, my thinking is 
uh, as I've been talking on my TikToks and on my Twitters and on my Instagram feed. Just make sure that you're prepared to a recession because this coupled with, I think Facebook's going to lay off another 10,000 people or something along those lines. We are getting into the place where there's going to be a recession. And some of the companies that can withhold themselves better in recessions are financial institutions. And I heard that there are some financial institutions that are going to have to do some layoffs as well. Once that starts to happen, then we can, I think that we'll be closer to falling into a recession, especially since GDP is still growing over the quarter three and quarter four, but it's slowing down, which is also a trigger for the recession. Um, so one of the things that I did find on Bloomberg's, again, we're not sponsored by Bloomberg. I utilize it for news. There's going to be a link to this descript this this um this article in the bio, and there's also a link to the YouTube video that I played a moment ago in the bio, so you can go do some more research on this. Um, and this is a Silicon Valley, let's see who did this. U.S. says all SVB deposits safe, creates new backstop for banks. So U.S. financial regulators moved on Sunday to protect depositors. This is by journalist Craig Torres with Bloomberg's. U.S. financial regulators moved on Sunday to protect depositors, funds following the collapse of Silicon Valley Bank and set up a new financial backstop seeking to stem fears that households and businesses would flee smaller lenders. The Treasury Department, Federal Reserve, and Federal Deposit Insurance Corp jointly announced the effort Sunday aimed at, which is today that I'm recording this, Sunday, March 12th, strengthening confidence in the banking system after SVB's failure on Friday spurred concern about spillover effects. Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen said the actions will protect all depositors signaling aid to those whose accounts exceed the typical $250,000 threshold for FDIC insurance. SVB, SVB de depositors will have access to all of their money starting Monday, March 13th. The government said in the statement, adding that taxpayers won't respond, be responsible for any losses associated with SVB's resolution. In a sign that the situation has worsened, the government also said Signature Bank was closed by New York State Finance financial regulators on Sunday, and all depositors there will also have access to their money on Monday. The Fed is a separate the Fed in a separate statement said it's creating a new bank term funding program that offers loans to banks under easier terms than are typically provided by the central bank. So a lot of people, and again, I'm not I'm not trying to go against what other people are saying. This is just the way that I want people to kind of think about how things happen as best as they can. So people may think that this situation is is that is that this is created so that the Fed can put this bank term funding program into place. And I want people to think that that's similar to thinking that in a business, if you have to cut certain that the business causes things to happen inside of it to make itself look like a savior to the employees, which I guess possibly could happen. Um, so, but, but my, more of my main thing that I want people to take away from this is that don't think about it. And the fact that the fed or the government created this to happen to usher in a new financial system, there isn't a new financial system that's going to come into place and things like this, whether or not they're forced to happen or they happen on their own due to capitalism and to the way that capitalism cycles itself is that this new financial system is going to come into place and there's going to be government coming in in any type of society, well, at least in our society, where unfortunately people are going to lose their jobs and people aren't going to make payroll. It's not that the government wants to bail out these companies and bail out this bank. It wants to make sure that the people that are you know, working inside of these companies that aren't going to be able to make payroll can make their payroll so their families can eat. 
Um, and so I would, the, the thing that I would cautious anybody about is do your own research. One, try to decipher from things that can, that, that things aren't always by say design one, two things can be chaotic in nature, right? Things can be, you know, coincidental three, and then four, realize that no matter what happens, there is a new financial system, a new rails, a new digital infrastructure that's going to take in place, that's going to come in and take in place, whether or not, whether what happens is that these things happen and it makes that come in faster. Um, And so if you believe that this happened by design, that's fine. If you believe that it didn't happen by design, it's fine. What does matter is that it's happening and we need to caution ourselves to protect ourselves during a recession. And one of the best things to do during a recession is become more understanding of what's happening, more understanding of your skill set, more understanding of how you can make money, whether that's as an employer or as an employee, right? I'm sorry, as an employee or as an entrepreneur or employer, um, and find out what it is you're going to do to move your family and your life forward. So one of the things that has always helped me out, as I mentioned, a lot is education. You know, I put myself into a place where with my education, I can go and get a job if I need to, right? One. And two, now that I have a skill set as far as building businesses, I can go and make money on my own um, if something were to happen. And I have a fantastic network of individuals that will make sure that I can build businesses and make money as I move forward. And I think that it's imperative that wherever you're at in your life, whether it is that you like to do, you need to make sure that you have plans in place to withstand yourself for losing your job, um, trying to make more money, focusing on building revenue, focus on building net worth, focus on your family and where you're trying to get at in life. And I know that not everybody has the same circumstances, right? Not everybody's in the same um, circumstances, but what I do feel as long as you're able-bodied, right? You don't have any full ailment where you can't get up and work and you can't go and do things. You have something that you can sell to the world and that is how you can make money. Um, And that can help during the recession. Me personally, do I think that the government should come in and step in? Absolutely. Do I think that billionaires should come in and step in and help? Absolutely. Do I think that they are going to? I have no idea. Um, But I do believe in social structures and I believe in social... uh, social nets to help think for things like this to happen. Um, and, but I do also think that I don't know if necessarily more regulation is going to help because, you know, there, there are some individuals out there that can always get around regulations. They can figure out how to do things their way, or they just do things illegally. And then eventually they will get caught and those things happen. Uh, do I think that this was caused by, I think this was caused by a failure to understand the full liquidity of their positions. One, I don't think that regulation could have stopped it because I feel like we had regulation in place. Um, two, I think that this can stop. This is going can hurt um, consumer sentiment of smaller banks, and it's just going to make the bigger banks bigger, and give them more control. So I think that that needs to be established. Um, I also think that um, I also think that I, I don't know if if regulation, more regulation would help. I just don't know. Um, what I do know is that people need to do a better job with their businesses and we shouldn't always just, we should focus on, we should focus on building up the communities that we are in rather than building profit and bonusing ourselves and making all of us billionaires. I feel that if we're all comfortable being millionaires or hundred thousandaires, we will all be better off as we help ourselves inside of the community. And I hope that 
that I'm explaining that right. I'm just kind of just sharing my thoughts on this whole thing because I I see people that that try to to push push that this is is by design to push us into a new financial institution. And what I'm saying is I don't know if that's true. I don't know that it's not true. I don't think that we should get tied up on that part. I think we should get tied up on the fact that these things are happening. What can I do in my household and my family to 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 make our family stronger, to make my position stronger in the world, and to make my community stronger in the world? Uh, and I think that that's a much better way to focus on these situations uh, than than kind of creating some type of fear going and making a run on your bank um and 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 causing problems with that uh that on top of that i think that we should definitely definitely get better at understanding blockchain and digital currencies and not just think of di these digital currencies as ways to make you know massive amounts of wealth it should be let's understand this infrastructure that we're going into let's understand the digital world as we change into it because the more that you're progressive and the more that you're adaptive to change the less stress you're going to have moving into the future and that stress has impacts on your health it has impacts on your finances it has impacts on your family and your relationships so just take the time to know what's happening and make sure that you're protecting yourself we'll be right back after these messages so i've been out for the last couple of days kind of resting, making sure that I am taking care of myself. I had a cyst removed on my back. Um, so, oh, so I'm looking at a message from, sorry, so looking at a message on my teams. Uh, so I uh, was out Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. I will actually, Thursday and Friday, I ended up working. Saturday, I actually ended up working most of the day doing taxes to get caught up. And I actually feel really relieved because I got caught up with so much stuff. But I had this cyst on my back that I had to get taken care of. And I finally did. It hurts a little bit. It's about a four inch, yeah, about a three inch, two and a half inch, three inch. I don't know what size. I don't know size. Everything's six inches, right? Um, and I have this stitches in my back. Um, and it's causing some pain. It's discomfortable. I think that the discomfort is actually coming from the adhesive and not actually from, from the actual, you know, stitches and everything. Uh, but I, uh, took, uh, took, um, took some time to rest. I've been resting more, trying to establish all of the content that I want to put out in the world and what I want to do and how I want to do it and how I think about, you know, explaining things on the podcast and how I think about explaining things in the world, how well I can articulate things. Sometimes my mind goes all over the place. And I just wanted to come on here and talk a little bit about some of the stuff that I'm working on and how I'm trying to just, and how, how we can, how if you want to move forward you just need to do a little bit at a time and and make sure that you're making progression and i think that sometimes we get caught up in this world with all of all these people on social media telling us how to live what to do do all of these things and i think that there is it's not a balance really it's i mean it is a balance of how to do your life but it's more of a it's more of like it's more of like doing the things that you want to do as you do them to move your to move yourself forward and make sure that when you're doing the things you're doing them, you know, as best as you possibly can. And that's something that I've really taken to heart this year is doing things a lot better um, and not and not. And not necessarily just doing them because I should do them that way.
and or not that I should do them that way, but do them for the sake of doing them. I want things to be more meaningful. And when I think about that, if I'm doing the things that are more meaningful, it means that I should set time aside to do the things that I want to do. Because what ends up happening, we say that we're going to do all of these things, and then we start doing them, and then things get in the way because we're not setting time. And and not setting time causes us to rush them when we choose to do them. For instance, like I don't have a time that I specifically do this podcast. It's not on my calendar to say, at this time I do the podcast. I try to do it on Friday. If I don't have it set up for Friday, then I try to do it another day. And that's a problem. And that's why when I do these podcasts, I'm not 100% about them because I'm just talking and sharing my feelings, which is fine. And you know, some of you enjoy it. Some of you like it. Some of you probably don't. Some of you may. I don't know. There is no benefit there has to be a benefit of you listening to what it is that I am talking about. And so one of the ways to move yourself forward that I have found is to make sure that you're setting time, blocking that time to do the things that you want, all of those things. And so this does two things. One, it makes sure that you have a set time to do it. So for instance, I don't have a set time to make my YouTube. And when I when I do put up a time to make my YouTube, if I do the YouTube, I don't have a set time to edit it if I don't get it done in that specific time. So there's two problems that, it, that those are two problems that arise for how I want to move myself forward. I want to make YouTube videos because I like sharing things. I want them to be good. I want to get better at doing video. I want to share stories. I want to do all of these things, right? But I don't have a team that works for me, right? For the age of Jeremy stuff. So I have to be mindful of there has to be a recording time and an editing time and a release time. And if those things aren't blocked out on my calendar, then I'm not going to move forward with those. The same thing for writing blogs. If I don't have time set aside to write the blogs, to edit the blog, to publish the blog, then the blog's not going to get fucking done because there is not time set aside to specifically do it. And when we don't set that time aside, we're not moving ourselves forward. And then in my case, I'm not happy with the content that I'm putting out there. Not that I'm unhappy with the content that I'm putting out there. I'm still sharing things. People are still listening. I still enjoy it, but I want that stuff to be more meaningful to you. So making sure that you're blocking out that time is super, super important for moving forward. The second thing if you want to make these small these small steps moving forward is make sure that you have time to go back and look at how you're doing on those things because if what you're doing isn't moving up and getting better and moving forward then why are you doing them why are you wasting your time on them why are you making that a thing that you do every single week if it's not adding any value to you and if it's not adding any value to the people that listen to you that's two so one make sure that you're blocking out that time then make sure that you're doing like a feedback loop with yourself, making sure that it's very, it's valuable and good. And that's one of the things that's always, you know, frustrates me with it is that frustrates me with content creation and content creators a lot is sometimes it's just, okay, we have to put this, co this content out because we want to put that content out, whether or not the content is really valid or what is going to really move people's lives forward. And again, this is kind of more of me Sometimes this podcast is me just sharing the stuff that's going out, going on in the world, but I do want there to be things that you can take away from it and be like, okay, yeah, I can look at blocking out the time. And one of the, and to, to that end, getting value from it, blocking out time on Microsoft Outlook. That's the reason why Microsoft Outlook is my favorite. And you can maybe do this on other email clients. Um, not just because I love Microsoft, but because, because what happens is that 
you can change like the the time increments on in Microsoft Outlook. So I have my increments at like five minute increments, right? And so what that allows me to do is set a time on there for 15 minutes and it looks nice on my calendar, right? You can set the time for 15 minutes, but then you have everything like looking like it's blocking everything. So if you go down to five minute increments, you can block out things for like 15 minutes. You can block out things for 30 minutes, 45 minutes, right? There is no need for most meetings to be an hour. Most you have really a lot of stuff to cover one. Two, if you have to teach something in that time frame or you're working on something in that time frame, meetings can be 45 minutes and they're easier to put on there if you have five minute increments. Same thing with like content, making sure that, you know, if you have 15 minutes here, when this happens and in these 15 minutes, I'm going to make my content. The other thing that's really good about blocking out time is you can block out the time to do the things that you enjoy, like play games, read, spend time with your family. And I know that that might sound very structured and stressful, but the truth is, is that that's how you can actually make those little small progressions forward. Me and my wife, if we meet and have like a family meeting or a, a marriage meeting, right, as we like to call them, we get so much accomplished in that time that it moved us forward. And we can look back later when you do the feedback piece and say, hey, where were we at? What have we done? How have we gotten better? And if you're not doing that, then you're never going to feel I think that you're never going to feel successful in your life. At least I don't feel successful in my life when I'm not doing those things. And it doesn't mean that you always have to be doing something. You can make plenty of time for rest and relaxation and to do the things that you want to do and do the things that you enjoy. But if you are making the time to, to do the things that you want to do, I feel that you can have a much more meaningful life, one. And then two, I think that you can have better relationships because you're making time for those relationships as well. Relationships are important. In fact, I read a study in, um, man, it was on the Speaking of Psychology podcast. In that Speaking of Psychology podcast, there was a study that was done, and it found that people that focus on building relationships, they are more likely to be happier in life, and if I remember correctly, more likely to live longer in life because I I had this this thought a while ago you know, when I was thinking about the relationship that I have with my animals, that having relationships with beings or creatures, right, or humans, whatever, is you can have a much more meaningful life. And I think that that, that can be proven within that study. Um, so I think that that's why blocking your time for everything, especially building relationships and having a feedback loop to look at it are very, very, very beneficial. But it all also has to do with what it is that you want to accomplish in life. And so to go back to the blocking the time and the feedback loop, if you're doing those things on a regular basis, you're going to see these movements of growth. And I think what happens is we don't look back and see those movements of growth because we're not looking for them. So when we, since we're not looking for them, we think that we may not be moving forward, but we may be moving a lot more forward or much for more forward, forwarder. <laughs> we much, we might be moving forward much more than we thought we were, right? Or at a completely different place. And this came up when I was editing one of uh, CJV's, uh, my business partner, his uh, one of his podcasts to put out when I was uh, cleaning, not cleaning it up, like editing it, but just kind of cleaning up the overall sound and putting it out, right? Mastering it, I guess you could call it. When I was mastering it, and he said, you know, he has this, this thoughts become things, right? Like the way, what you think and, and you tell yourself that and you do it and you get better at it, it can, you can eventually create the things that you want in your life with I 100% believe in. But it's interesting if you go back and look at our very first TikToks, our very first Instagram on Coach JV's uh, platform, then you can see that progression over time. And when I look at mine, like months ago, my average, you know, and again, I'm not, I only have like 
and and I'm very grateful and, and happy for these followers. So I have 5,286 followers, right? And on my TikTok, I didn't do anything to kind of push that except for to promote some, uh, you know, TikToks. And so many, a long time ago, long time ago, years ago, I was only getting like, you know, last year, only on average 200, you know, uh, 200, uh, views, uh, uh, a, a, a TikTok, And then it like moved up to 400 and then 600. And then, you know, it, it leveled out like at 600 for a while. And then it kind of pushed up to 800 and then it came back down and then it went back up to 800. And then, you know, I had a TikTok here that did 11,000. And then I had, you know, a TikTok that did a thousand. And then I had one that did, you know, 60 and then it kind of 7,000. And then it kind of goes back and forth a thousand. And now they're leveling out somewhere around that 800 mark, depending on what it is I talk about. The, the, the other problem is, is that I tell people I just do whatever I want. You know, if I, I'm going to build a fan base very slowly, probably because I don't always just talk about the same thing because I have so many great interests in life and I love sharing sharing stuff with everybody. But the point is, is that if you look back on what it is that you were doing, you can see whether or not you were progressing and more than likely in some capacity, you are progressing and that can, that can bring enjoyment to people. It can bring happiness, fulfillment, all kinds of stuff. So I recommend that you do that and then don't beat yourself up. The third thing, don't beat yourself up. If you're not where you think that you should be at, just keep moving. I heard a fantastic quote from Seth Rogen. Someone asked him how, you know, what are his thoughts on how to be successful? He says, well, if you don't quit, then you might make it. If you quit, then you're guaranteed not to make it. And it just, to me, that was like, to me, that's like the quintessential concept that I want to portray to the world is that I, that if you don't quit, you might make it. If you do quit, then you're not going to make it. So don't quit on what it is that you're doing. And you know, when I look at all the businesses that I have on the ones that suck on the ones that do good, it's just, are these things that are, are things that I want to continue to doing that I'm going to keep doing them, try to make them better. And eventually they'll grow and make it. But on those same things, you have to set time for them. You have to feedback loop that, and then you have to keep moving forward. And so I think that if we take these small steps and look and look at the small wins, we can stay motivated during the hard times, and then we can keep going and not quick. And that's how we can be successful. So remember, be thankful, grateful, and kind. I will talk with you guys next time. Bye. Thank you so much for watching today's episode. If you like this podcast, make sure that you like and subscribe to it and wherever you're listening to it at right now. And also, if your podcatcher allows you to, please rate this podcast so we can get it in front of more people. Also, tweet me at Age of Jeremy Q. Let me know things that you want to hear more on this podcast. Let me know things that you can be doing better. Make sure you follow me on all the socials. Remember, the opening song was Brave Faces Every One. Um, Yes, the opening song was Brave Faces, Everyone, by Spanish Love Songs. The closing song was Illuminati Hotties, Threatening Each Other, Recapitalism. I use Neumann mics. I record on a Zoom L8. I use Cubase and Waves plugins. And one last time, remember, be thankful, grateful, and kind. We'll talk to you next time. Bye.